Welcome to another episode of the Spiritual Awakening Show. I'm Brent, and today I'm going to share with you a response to a question that I received all about sickness and spiritual awakening. And before I get into that response, I just want to let you know that if you have a question for me all about your spiritual process, send it my way, and I look forward to bringing forth a response for you. You can reach me at info at brentspirit.com. Perhaps that response will end up as a featured episode on the podcast for many others to benefit from. So don't hold back. Get in touch with me. I look forward to hearing from you. But for now, let's get right into this episode all about sickness and spiritual awakening. I received a question earlier today about illness and sickness that arises on the spiritual path as we go through our process of evolution, of development, of expanding our consciousness. Before I get into my response, I just want to make it clear that I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to be speaking about any particular illness specifically. And I'll be sharing a little bit more about this, but I want to make it clear that my view is not to dismiss or exclude visiting the doctor. That's totally fine. In fact, it's encouraged and I'll be explaining a little bit more about that. But I just want to get that out of the way right from the bat. What I'm sharing is a spiritual perspective on managing, understanding, and bringing clarity to why we may be prone to certain illnesses as we go through our spiritual development. It's important to understand that spiritual transformation, the process of spiritual awakening, is involving the entire body-mind-spirit system. This organism, this human body, this mind, and the spirit are all intrinsically involved in this process. We may have certain ideas about spirituality, about meditation, about spiritual awakening, enlightenment, self-realization as being merely a psychological phenomena, merely on the mental level, but this is not true. The body is very much involved. There are some schools of thought that may dismiss the body as being nothing but a vessel, nothing but a vehicle. Maybe they may say that we are not this body. That's fine. But in my opinion, understanding, and intuition, I'm convinced that this body is a very sacred temple, very important vehicle that is necessary for us to embody the highest spiritual realization that we've come to awaken to. For that reason, we cannot dismiss this body. We have to bring our attention, awareness, and our love to it, to understand it, to be with it, to love it, and to allow it to take us through this transformation. As we go through our process, of course, on the mental level, we may have many different things arise. We may have certain awakenings, realizations that happen on the mental level. Things may arise like depression, anxiety, fears, guilt, shame. Different types of emotions may arise that we may be feeling. This is all very common and understood on the spiritual path. What's not often talked about is, what about this body? What about the physiological system? What kind of changes does it go through? So today I'll be addressing some of the sicknesses and why they may arise. It's very important to understand that on the spiritual path, once we begin to really begin 
going through this purification period, through this transformation process, everything that arises in your experience, either externally or internally, is meant to serve in your awakening. A person may come to you, they may share a particular experience with you, short or long, intense or subtle, but it's all meant to serve in your transformation. Equally so, anything that may arise within you, be it a thought, emotion, a feeling, a sensation, or an illness, is just as important in your transformation, and it too is part of a divine orchestration, of a destiny, if you will, that is meant to support you and to help you move along on your process, on your path. It's important that we remind ourselves over and over and over again about this truth that everything externally or internally is arising only to help us move along. Some things that may arise either externally, maybe in a relationship, maybe very difficult, they coax us into a period of growth. They challenge us to grow, to expand the limitations of what we are capable of recognizing as the divine. And in the same way, some things that may arise internally encourage us to expand what we see as divine as well. It's very easy to see a state of bliss, joy, health as divine. That's all good. It's very easy. But what about pain? What about sickness? What about discomfort? Are we able to recognize that as divine? Because everything is divine. So too is sickness, so too is pain. Either it's all divine or none of it is. And if you've been traveling this path for a little while, you've probably caught on to the idea that all of it is divine. Maybe you haven't really fully grasped that. Maybe it hasn't been fully integrated into your view of the world and yourself. And that's why things like illness may arise. So illness may arise for many reasons. Oftentimes it arises for multiple reasons at once. And I'll be sharing a few of the reasons for why sickness may come about as we travel this path. Sickness comes sometimes because there are certain illnesses that lay dormant in the cells of our body. Some of them have the capability of laying dormant for decades. But once we begin to really start to awaken, our consciousness decides to rid the system of those dormant, latent, sleeping viruses, illnesses, and that sort of thing. So what happens is the consciousness decides to trigger those things to the surface so that they can be purged and purified from the system so that they no longer have to be carried around so that they no longer may arise, you know, decades down the road. So the body begins to bring things up that have been sitting, laying around quietly for some time. So certain things may arise and they may bring certain symptoms it's our job to sit with those illnesses, to treat ourselves out of love, 
and to recognize that it's arising to be cleared out of our system. Whatever we're feeling is what we're healing. It's easy to understand that when it comes to thoughts and emotions, right? If you sit in meditation, sometimes emotions arise, sometimes memories from our past may arise, and it's easy to kind of grasp, oh yeah, that's something that I was clearing from my psyche from the past, and so I'll allow it to rise and let it pass away, allowing myself to heal. In the same way, the body also heals us of illnesses. One other reason that illness may arise is, like I mentioned, it's to challenge us to really expand our scope of what we're willing to recognize as divine and what we're willing to offer unconditional love to. Very easy to offer a state of bliss, unconditional love. Well, we can love that very easily, but what about pain? Are we able to sit with pain and say, okay, this is painful, it's uncomfortable, I don't like it, but... I recognize it as an aspect of the divine light, an aspect of the spectrum of divine that contains all. If we can sit with our pain in that way, we can become very powerful beings that are able to see the light in all that we encounter. When sickness arises, we have the tendency to forget that everything is divine. We're able to sometimes fall back into states of lower consciousness, in a sense, where we begin to resist, push things away. I don't want this illness to be here anymore. I don't want this fever to be here or this pain. We may fall into states of victimhood. Why me? And all of that is meant to be uprooted along this way, along the way by our consciousness as we move through this process. Sometimes our body requires a deep state of rest so that it can really go through big upgrades, big energetic shifts, big transformations of consciousness. But we may not always have the intuition or the inclination to rest when our body really needs it. So what the body does is, well, it manifests an illness or maybe an injury that causes us to then chill out, slow down, tend to our body, create space, create an environment, create the right circumstances so that the body can then go through whatever necessary energetic shifts it needs to. Without the injury or without the illness, we may have continued on with our excessive work life. We may have maybe continued on consuming things that weren't beneficial for us. And the body wouldn't, able, wouldn't be able to go through those shifts. And so, it just says, okay, let's just get a little sick. Then we can rest and undergo the transformation. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm not here to dismiss or exclude or push away the idea of visiting a doctor, a traditional doctor. 
in some respects, some people may have a sense on the spiritual path that spiritual healing is the only way to go about healing. They may have become fed up with traditional medicine. They may have become, in a sense, feeling betrayed by traditional medicine, the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, that sort of thing. And so they may have a bit of an aversion towards those modalities of healing. And so they may turn to alternative healing, energy healing, all different types of modalities. And they may become sick to the point where none of those alternative modalities can really help. What those people are then challenged to do is to become humble and be willing to accept the guidance of a traditional doctor to give them another shot. As I mentioned earlier, everything is part of the divine. It's very easy to maybe see a powerful Reiki healer as a divine being because when you go to their place of work, they may have posters and statues of spiritual beings, gods, goddesses. They may have some crystals all around. They may have nice books on the shelf. They may be lighting incense and all that kind of stuff. They may speak to you in very spiritual language, and it's very easy to see them as spiritual divine beings. Healers, spiritual healers, very easy to see them. But what about a doctor? When you go to their clinic and the walls are bare and they're white and you go and you sit down on some wax paper laid across the bed and you're waiting there and there's nothing comforting. There's no nice incense, there's no nice music. There's nothing to really stimulate your spiritual interests. Can you find spirituality in that environment? Can you see a doctor who may have no spiritual practice? Can you see them as a divine being? This is something that we may be challenged to do. For that reason, sickness may arise. Some of us may also feel a sense of arrogance. We may be a little stubborn. And we may not be willing to accept help from the outside. We may feel as if we can do everything ourselves. Conversely, we may actually not feel worthy of receiving help from the outside. And so sickness can come at times to challenge us to be willing to accept help from the outside. There are many reasons for sickness to arise. I don't want to scare you into thinking that once you begin to you know, go a little further on your spiritual path, all sorts of sicknesses and illnesses are going to arise. It's not like that. The universe source, your higher self, God, only brings you what you're able to handle and manage. Nothing more and nothing less. You're always brought experiences that are meant to help you to grow. So don't be afraid. Keep going forward. Whatever it is that you're faced with either today or what you will be faced with tomorrow, you'll be able to heal. You'll be able to overcome, manage, and it will serve you quite well. Some people who may be undergoing a kundalini awakening process may go through certain illnesses and sicknesses in more intense, rapid ways 
than others. This is because many parts of the body, from the brain down to the toes, undergo transformations, shifts, upgrades with the Kundalini process. For myself in particular, one thing that comes to mind is a period that I went through involving the transformation of my adrenal glands. So we're all familiar with the idea of fight, flight, or freeze, which is a response to a threat, an external threat. This serves very well for certain situations. You know, if somebody comes at you with a weapon, somebody threatens yourself or the people you care about, somebody breaks into your home, it's appropriate to either be ready to fight, to flee, or to freeze. But this function of fight, flight, or freeze has become overused, abused. We're often found acting from fight, flight, or freeze in situations where it's not really necessary. We may receive a text message regarding something that doesn't make us too happy, and that may trigger us to go into a state of fight, flight, or freeze. The adrenals start running, adrenaline starts moving through the body. This is an inappropriate response to a text message. Because physically, we may be safe in our house, in our room, by ourselves, comfortable. And yet we're reacting to a text message as if our life is in danger. So we've come to a point on our path now where we're, where, where, where we're ready to evolve to a state where we're no longer so sensitive to certain stimuli. The adrenal glands no longer need to function in that way anymore. We're not cavemen or cavewoman living out in the wild where we need to be ready to run from some wild beast. For the most part, we're generally quite safe. And our response to threats doesn't need to be so sensitive. So as we evolve, the adrenal glands, for example, can undergo a shift. And that shift can be facilitated by Kundalini. So for me, during this process, I underwent a big shift for about three days. For about 72 hours, I was in a state of fight or flight. My adrenals were just pumping out adrenaline. My heart was beating quite steadily. My temperature was through the roof. And I was sleeping wrapped up in multiple towels. And I would wake up with those towels drenched in sweat. I understood that I was going through a shift. Intuitively, I could feel and see that the adrenal glands themselves were going through some type of transformation. And I knew internally that I need to just be with this process to recognize it and not to push it away. I didn't realize that right away. However, it took a little bit of time, about a day or two for things to start to sort of come to me, for the clarity to come for how I could manage the situation that I was in. 
early on, I was really resisting the high temperature, the fever. I was seeing it as a problem. I shouldn't have a fever. Because when we were kids and we had a fever, our parents or our caretakers may have done many things to try and lower that fever as if the fever was a problem. But in the state that I was in, meditating with my experience, it came to me. The fever is not the problem. The fever is here to burn up what's no longer serving me. And when I saw that, things started to get a little easier because I became clear on why I was having these experiences. And so for those three days, my legs were tense, full of adrenaline, full of blood, ready to fight or flee. My legs turned to jello. It was very, very uncomfortable. But after things started to you know, chill out and relax, I understood that I went through a big transformation. No longer does my fight, flight, or freeze response get triggered over trivial things. For the most part, it's reserved for actual threats. I was in a car accident recently. That triggered my response. Adrenaline began flushing through my system. And it was quite exhilarating to feel that type of aliveness after not really experiencing it intensely for so long, like I used to in the past, when maybe I would receive a text message or maybe somebody would just say something to me and it would trigger that type of response. No longer does that happen for the most part. I'm not here to say that I'll never fall into fight, flight, or freeze in a non-threatening situation. I very well might. I'm not trying to act like I'm totally beyond that, but I have undergone quite a significant shift that took place over about three days during that process that I'm talking about. This type of illness that I experienced was very, very difficult. I understood intuitively that I was meant to drink a lot of coconut water and to eat a lot of watermelon. And that's what helped me to deal with that situation. In that sense, I felt that I was supported because the right things that I was meant to to do for myself, I was was guided to, to do so. Some of it was externally, some of the guidance came externally and some things were intuitively given to me. In some cases, the right things to do for your illness may arise in that way. You may know intuitively what you're meant to do. When things don't arise, when you're not sure what to do, this is when I suggest that you seek out the guidance of a doctor, somebody else who's experienced, a healer, whatever it is. But don't feel arrogant and don't feel as if you must figure this out on your own. It's very important to be humble in that way. I also want to make it clear that after we go through any significant spiritual awakening or transformation, this doesn't mean that sickness or illness is not going to arise. It absolutely is likely to arise. We're human. This body is bound to become sick. Okay, Some of the greatest saints of all time are known to have become ill and sick. Ramana Maharshi died because he was sick. He's one of the greatest saints of all time. Ram Das had a stroke. His guru, Neem Karali Baba, is known to have become ill. 
Ajashanti as well speaks about illness. Some of them, meaning these teachers, these gurus, may actually become ill because they take on the illness of the people that they're working with. That's another matter separate from the one I'm speaking about today. But it's important to understand that illness is not something that's going to go away per se in your life. What will arise in you is a clarity that understands illness to be something that's here to serve you on your journey ahead. It's not an enemy. If an illness arises in you, it's meant to teach you something. Often those lessons can be quite uncomfortable. And for all those who are sick, who have been sick and who will be sick, I'm sorry that this is how things must be. But I want to remind you that everything that you've faced in the past, you've survived. Congratulations. In the future, things may arise. I encourage you to do your best to trust in the process that's unfolding within you. To look for the golden nugget, the truth, the teaching, the wisdom that lies in all illness. And to love yourself unconditionally no matter what you're thinking, feeling, or experiencing. If you forget all of this, if you think and you fall back into a state of victimhood, if you think that things are rising to harm you, that's okay too. Unconditional love welcomes all experiences, including the apparent lack of unconditional love. So no matter where you are on your path, no matter where you've been or where you will be going, it's all good. Remember, everything that arises for you, externally or internally, is here to support your growth. Bliss and pain exist on a spectrum, and that spectrum is divinity. And divinity encapsulates everything in existence. So if you can see pain as divine, if you can see sickness as part of the light of consciousness, then you open up your body to receive what lies in the opposite end of sickness and pain, which is bliss, joy, peace, happiness, and health. This is the paradox, and this is the lesson, the teaching that lies in all sickness, in all illness. So my hope is that this response today can serve to bring some clarity, to inspire a little bit more compassion for yourself, during the difficult periods that come and go on the spiritual path. If you like what you're hearing, if you're getting some value out of this, I would invite you to find me on Instagram, Facebook, and visit my website, where I've got some different offerings there for you as well. And like I mentioned, if you've got a question for me about anything to do with your process, reach out to me. I look forward to serving you. It's my greatest joy. So until next time, I'm Brent, and I'm signing off. Be well.